This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Fit Nation. Fit Nation. Fit Nation. Awesome. Baby, lay on back and relax. Kick your pretty feet up on my dash. No need to go nowhere fast. Let's enjoy right here where we at. Who knows where this road is supposed to lead? We got nothing but time As long as you right here next to me Everything's gonna be alright If it's meant to be, it'll be, it'll be Baby, just let it be If it's meant to be, it'll be, it'll be Baby, just let it be So won't you ride with me, ride with me See where this thing goes If it's meant to be, it'll be Guys, I didn't treat me right I ain't gonna lie, I ain't gonna lie Cause I'm tired of the fake love Show me what you made up Boy, make me believe Oh, hold up, girl, don't you know you're beautiful And it's easy to see If it's meant to be, it'll be, it'll be Baby, just let it be If it's meant to be, it'll be, it'll be so won't you ride with me, ride with me See where this thing goes If it's meant to be, it'll be, it'll be Baby, if it's meant to be So come on, ride with me, ride with me See where this thing goes So come on, ride with me, ride with me If you're a veteran and you're struggling or feel like you're leading a path towards the darkness, stop and think about those who are around you. 
Think about how they truly value you, how they will miss you. You are not alone. You need to talk to someone. Someone will listen to you. If you feel like you'll be a burden to someone or you're embarrassed about what's going on in your head, call the hotline at 1-800-273-8255 and press option one. Don't make a permanent solution to a temporary problem. If you're a new listener, thanks for joining us. Please subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast apps to include the Military Broadcast Radio app. And check out our family of shows. They're all hosted by veterans in all different genres. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel at the underscore Misfit Nation. That's the underscore Misfit Nation. Subscribe and click the bell. This will keep you up to date with our latest news, episodes, and of course, the stories of our guests. Speaking of which, our next guest is originally from L.A. She holds dual citizenship in the U.S. and the U.K., and while growing up and later in college, she split her time between the two countries. She earned her B.A. in 2008 from Manchester Metropolitan University and next an M.F.A. in creative writing from California College of the Arts. The Willing is her debut novel. She currently lives a quiet Southern life with her husband and house full of pets. So without further ado, let's welcome Lindsay Lees to the Misfit Nation. Welcome, Lindsay. How are you? I'm fine, Rich. Thank you so much for having me on. It's awesome to have you on here. Once I seen you had all those corgis and you're an author, I said, oh, I have to have you on here. Since <laughs> I have two corgi grandpups. So, so I got to have you on here. I sent a picture to my daughter. I said, you think I should have this, have this author on here? She said, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. I'm glad that that's a good marketing point for me. <laughs> it definitely is. I mean, you said house full of pets. Uh, the corgi's got to be enough for me. So. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, it is true. No, can't, can't get enough. <laughs> <laughs> so. If you don't mind, tell the Misfit Nation a little bit about yourself from as far back as you want to go to where we are now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I am originally from L.A., born and raised there. Both my parents are English, though. They met in England, and um, my mother sort of had dual citizenship. So she she brought them both over to L.A. and uh, set up set up her family life um and they got divorced when I was pretty young and my dad ended up moving back to the UK uh, when I was 12 and so that sort of created um the the dual bi-coastal not bi-coastal but (laughs) by country life um and so I was um definitely influenced by my my time living in in England and uh being educated there and really felt you know quite at home there just for many reasons both biological and environmental um and ended up deciding to pursue an education in writing um kind of after being inspired by uh, growing up and sort of unconventional, sort of dysfunctional household and using writing as a good tool to process a lot of the traumas. And um, and then from there, kind of gaining confidence in my ability to write and wanting to hone my practice in that sense. Um, and so 
I studied writing as an undergraduate and then went on to study writing in a master's program. And I began sort of committing to novel writing and things in my early 20s. And from there, it's just been this sort of slow progression to finally kind of getting a published work out there. Um, so yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's been a process. It's been sort of a journey for you there, uh, a little ride, I guess. Uh, it, you didn't have the normal uh, split household thing where one is in one part of the city, others in the other part of the city. Yours was time zones away uh, across the pond. Yeah, partially, you know, I mean, growing up, it was a little different. My dad, like, kind of lived literally, like, the block, the next block from <laughs> us, you know, like, his house is kind of behind our house, but, um, but my parents were workaholics, you know, and so they, they definitely did spend a lot of time dedicated to their, their jobs, and so it wasn't, um, it wasn't the most nurturing environment to, to grow up in. Right. Yeah. So I, you chose to go through creative writing in college. Was there a, a writer or someone that influenced you to want to become a writer prior to that? Um, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say so. Not, I mean, not like directly. I wasn't like, oh, I can, I can do what, what this person does. And so I'm going to pursue, pursue it for that reason. Um, but there was definitely writers that um, inspired me and led me to believing that it was something I was capable of doing. Um, I, you know, even from like a young age, like a writers like Raul Dahl, you know, just that sort of creative um, interpretation of family life or just the fantastical side um all the way through to like Margaret Atwood who wrote The Handmaid's Tale and uh, George Orwell for their speculative takes on what the future could look like they've definitely um they definitely had a big influence but I don't know, you know, it wasn't, I guess even today you're kind of like, oh, well, am I, am I really a writer? You know, is this really, <laughs> can I call myself that? Am I just an imposter? You know, <laughs> just ask yourself two questions. Do I have a book? Is it published? Yeah. Yeah. Right. You write it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's true. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Can you hold it in your hands or is it, you know, just a memory? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So you are a writer. Just say it with pride. <laughs> yes, yes. So tell us about The Willing. Uh, how'd you come up with the idea and is any of it true? Yeah, so um, The Willing is a dystopia set in the a utopian city-state of Ovoidia. And in Ovoidia, the men are allowed to have sex with any woman that they choose over the age of 16. And this rule that was created makes for 
an aggression-free, crime-free society to an extent. Um, it is a world where men and women live sort of divided lives. So Avoidia is split between a city and the communities and the men are relegated to the city where they work and live and the women are provided a housing community estate where um, once they have children after the age of 16 they're given a house a living stipend they're um, basically just protected from from whatever uh, environment that they create for themselves. And um, all the women after a certain period of time, just evolution, evolutionarily, they lost the ability to experience uh, sexual pleasure. So when the, the city state was created at whatever period that was, um, after several generations, they lost the ability to um, experience sexual pleasure. And I mean, it doesn't really talk about it his, in the book as much, but um, let's say that because they were subject to things like female genital mutilation and things like that to desensitize them at the time to, to allow for them to conform to the rules of the society, then that's what kind of created their, their progression to none of them feeling any sensual, sensitive pleasure at all. Um, <clears throat> the city, uh, the country is ruled by a group of women who I call the head Gajis, and the Gajis are the sort of founding family that decided that from their ancestors being subjected to abuse and torture and war and everything that sort of precluded deciding that they were going to find a solution to that problem, that they figured that if we just give our bodies to men, then this must be a way to prevent any sort of further uh, abuse and um, oppression happening to, to us. So they decided that, that this was good. This was how it's going to be. And they create this set of rules. And then they, they see that, okay, well, you know, it seems to be working. There's no violence. There's no crime. Um, there's only, there's only uh, rigid rules set up for anybody who breaks the rules that we're setting for you, for them. So um, the protagonist is a 15 year old girl. Her name is Gypsy and she is of course the exception to the rule. She discovers that she can experience sexual pleasure. And so she realizes that, that what's happening is, is a problem <laughs> and uh, is the one to sort of stand up to try to fight the system and see if she can she can escape her her fate in a sense and um whether she does or not is questionable 
just a pretty good summary of the book right there. I like the the town or the state state of Avoidia. It's like avoiding something, but Avoidia. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's also an ovoid is sort of the shape of an egg. And so it's like in in the in Ovoidia, you everything is sort of egg-shaped. Like there's they they don't believe in having any phallic symbols at all. So everything has a curve to it. You know, you can't have any sort of um, symbolism that is that is male, you know, at all. And it's supposed to just be this round, sensuous sort of environment that you think is is so great, you know, what that they want to portray is so fantastic, but really it's horrible and oppressive. <laughs> <laughs> no, not any way that anyone wants to live. It's almost uh, along the lines of uh, sex trafficking, I guess it would be kind of it with all the women having to have intercourse with any man that wants it, basically. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think it's um, inspired by the idea that women who were trafficked and did experience that abuse um, from the past or historically, my take is, well, what would a woman ever decide that there was, that the solution to this was just to surrender, just surrender your body. And if that, if you can do that, then will that create a world where children are safe, where you can grow up without the fear of being murdered or kidnapped or ABCD, you know, just because you have chosen to sacrifice. Right. I mean, I mean it's a real problem across, especially when you live near uh, interstate systems that can take someone from one side of the country to another instantly if they do like you say kidnap a, a young girl in say texas or something they can be in tennessee within less than a day and have no idea where they are and sold to someone else yeah into, into yeah. A, a horrible life yeah i mean it's funny that you i mean you say that because you know we live in america so you you know that these sort of um these these not freedoms but privileges can't exist because you don't because we live in such a, a huge place and you don't know where somebody could end up um one of the shows that i've been watching on netflix is uh this japanese program where they it's called old enough and they basically encourage their two to four-year-old children two to four-year-old kids to go off and run errands by themselves but they're filmed while they do it but because they live in these little villages and things there's no threat to them and so you you know that in their culture they can encourage and promote children being alone by themselves because they have a sort of a community that is looking out for them but they also live in a place where there's nowhere to go necessarily you know even if they they something you know potentially could happen to them there's only so far that they can they can end up and so there's a little more sense of uh, justice and resolution occurring but here in the states it doesn't feel at all the same way and things seem to 
and this sort of breakdown of society that we've seemed to have over however many decades that now you have this real sense of fear that you could just get kidnapped on the street at any point that yeah it's definitely disheartening definitely we had a I think a 13 year old girl up here taken right from in front of her house right her sneakers were still in her front porch she had taken, luckily she was able to escape uh, probably eight hours later at one o'clock in the morning. She was able to escape and run to someone's house and get help, but it was right in front yeah. of her house that happened. Terrifying. So crazy. So yeah, I mean, you know, the women of Ovoidia, they, they have decided that they would rather make the choice to make this sacrifice in order to protect the children from, from being threatened in that way. And so you know, there is a divide. I think that there are people who would think, you know, absolutely not. I would never, I would never allow that to happen to my body. And then there are some people who question, you know, whether or not it could potentially be worth it. Right. You got to weigh the options for what's good for you, I guess, what do you think is good for you and what's the safest bet for both, yeah. both situations as you go forward. And yeah. I think that's a, a, a great storyline for the willing and do you have a second book in the work already? And and what would that be about? No, I mean, I don't. I um, I have left the ending, you know, even though it might not be what you expect from the ending, I have left it sort of open-ended where there is the, the hope that something more could come of it. Um, but I'm sort of holding off on, on writing that until I get a sense of, <laughs> how well the first book is doing right. <laughs> how successful that's going to be before I commit to to putting out something else but um I don't know my focus is just a bit different you know I really spent my 20s writing and committed to writing and spending hours a day writing and now I've got all these pets and I'm <laughs> trying to start a family and it's just so uh it's just such a different place place to be and um so I don't feel like compelled in the same way as I I did in a decade ago now you're getting so old now you can't you can't understand all the time well you don't want to ruin that (laughs) biological clock now yeah I know it's true (laughs) if if you do get the itch to write you're in a perfect place to find stories you can just go down to the main drag there and just sit in sit in a chair and watch people and get all your characters and have probably a 500 page novel in one night. It's very true. And it's definitely, um, you know, always an option, which I I appreciate for sure, because I'm definitely a people watcher. And you will find me sitting back observing and listening more than you'll hear me talking and wanting to be any sort of central (laughs) attention. (laughs) So like I said, you're definitely in the best place to do because people come from all over to go there and they do some pretty crazy things down there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, voluntarily, totally. Yeah. Yes, yes, totally. It's, there's, there's no coercion. Well, there's alcohol coercion, I guess, would be the only thing. But other than that, they're, they're voluntarily doing it all. Yeah, no, there's very little inhibition in uh, <laughs> in Nashville. Yes. <laughs> if you had to give tips to a, a young writer or someone that just woke up this morning and said, I want to be an author, what would those tips be? Uh, first tip is to listen, you know, listen more than you talk, 
talking and talking doesn't make you a good writer. Talking certainly doesn't make you a good writer of dialogue. Uh, listen to how people talk, listen to um, inflection and cadence and really get down the natural flow of conversation. Um, second is to, to write, pick a time, pick a place, try to commit to a routine, all of those habit building uh, hobbies will benefit you more than more than anything. Um, get involved in it. You don't have to pay $100,000 to go to an MFA program. It's not a requirement to be a writer. I happened to meet my husband in my MFA program. So, <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't have really happened any other way, but um, finding a writing community, getting feedback from other writers, that's pretty vital too. It's like, you need to bounce ideas off writers. You need the support of other writers. Um, even if you just start your own group, even if you just solicit people online in your neighborhood, you can do it all on Zoom now. You know, nobody has to meet in person. That's pretty important. I, I heard about these um, writing classes that people would sign up for Zoom. They literally like go on there, see other people and spend an hour just writing with other people. Nobody talks. You just sit there on the Zoom meeting <laughs> and you just sit there and write. And that's a little odd to me, but like, it's a thing. <laughs> you know? Oh, so you sit in silence. <laughs> yeah, right. Looking at other people writing um so you know if you need that motivation if you just feel like you know you don't really have the confidence or you don't feel like you have the initiative or the um the discipline you know then join these things and then other people are kind of holding you accountable too to to get some some writing done and um submit your work, submit to magazines, submit, you know, don't be afraid of rejection. Rejection is very difficult. Nobody likes rejection, but it's a prerequisite to being successful in a way, you know, there's definitely no guarantee that, that everybody's gonna like you. People's tastes are subjective. You'll obviously find people that, that do enjoy your writing, but others who aren't so keen and that's okay and that doesn't make you any better or worse of a writer it just makes you human and part of part of our society and accepting of differing values and differing opinions and everything and those are probably like the most important aspects right get involved Put your work out there and um, drink lots of coffee and tea and <laughs> stay awake and right yeah <laughs> that's great advice great tips uh i'm still trying to get my head around people sitting on zoom not talking but writing i guess it's like, i guess yeah. it's like an accountability partner i'm in the gym i'm guessing but I'm yeah. not sure. It's weird. Like you said, it's weird, but it, yep. if it works for him, it works for him. It, exactly. It's a tool, I guess. <laughs> yep. Well, you know, especially in this culture now where we are living online so much more. Yeah.
guess it's better than sitting and looking at their phone and not talking to nobody, but typing, but not yeah, now writing and not it. talking. So yeah. <laughs> you found something even crazier. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so where can people find the will? Yeah, I'm, um, the book's available, uh, digitally and in print, Amazon, uh, Barnes and Nobles, Kobo, Apple Books, um, you know, Amazon is Kindle and, and print. And if you have Prime, you can have it in a day or two, you know, super easy. If you want to check out the first chapter of the book before you buy it, you can find that on my website, thewillingnovel.com. And yeah. yeah. What's the best way to get in contact with you if someone else wants to have you on their show or if someone just wants to ask you for more tips other than the the silent zoom yeah <laughs> um you can contact me on my website there's a there's a contact form on there um that's probably the, the best way awesome well Lindsay, it's been great chatting with you uh thanks for sharing the willing with us and and your story with us of course i'll let you get back to your corgis and some uh quiet time tonight before things go crazy down there I appreciate it. Thank you, Rich. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. You know how we do this. Thanks for taking some of your time to spend with us on Fit Nation. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and share the link as much as possible. If you want to, please become a supporter to help us carry this thing on. We appreciate you. If you know someone that brings that energy, has a great story, is an up-and-comer in any industry of music, in the arts, have them reach out to us on TheMisfitNation.com. We will get back to them within one day and get them on here so they can share their story with the world. As always, till next time, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling. Because we are Nation.
without her. I wear a ring without her. Don't wanna hit the karaoke bar, can't sing without her. So make them drink strong, cause brother, she's gone. And if I'm ever gonna move on, I'ma need some whiskey glasses. Cause I don't wanna see the truth. She's probably making out on the couch right now with someone Cause if she ain't ever coming back 